It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. What a joy and what a blessing. The Bible says, there the Lord will command life forevermore and a blessing. Today we begin working our way towards Easter in a mini-series that I'm calling Journey to the Cross. Journey to the Cross. We will start our study this morning by looking at the testing, trial, and temptation of Jesus in a message entitled, The Canality Trap. The Canality Trap. From Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11, which also is found in parallel passages of Mark chapter 1, verse 12 to 13, and Luke chapter 4, verse 1 to 13. Let me begin with a funny story. A driver was in a hurry to get to an appointment and illegally parked his car. He left a note under the windshield wiper of his car, which said, Sorry, but I have circled the block for 20 minutes. I'm late for an appointment, and if I don't park here, I will lose my job. Forgive our trespasses. When the driver of the car came back, he was disappointed to find a parking ticket on his windshield with the following note. I have circled this block for 20 years as a police officer. If I don't give you a ticket, I will lose my job. Lead us not into temptation. You hear? <laughs> the man was absolutely crushed. Our lives can sometimes feel like a disappointing pile of ashes. We could feel crushed disillusioned, frustrated, broken, wounded, betrayed, shattered, destroyed from inside out. Our lives can even be marked by such grief, pain, and remorse, as well as emptiness, that we can't even see how our circumstances could change for the better anytime soon, leaving us feeling helpless, hopeless, disgruntled, despondent, frail, too low to go out, too low to think straight, tears of despair dribbling down our cheeks. But I hope you realize that when you feel feeble and vulnerable, when you are questioning everything you believe in, including God, due to your predicament, that's when Satan tries to tempt you into doing something outrageous that you would not do in normal circumstances. He did this to Jesus 
right after a 40-day fast, when Jesus was hungry and thirsty, weak in body, alone, and vulnerable, Satan tempted him to put aside God's chosen way of humility and obedience, of suffering, death, and resurrection. He tempted Jesus into putting his own need, affections, and desires above the will of God. Satan wanted Jesus to disobey the Father and take the kingdom by other means instead of going through the cross as it was ordained from the beginning. He wanted Jesus to sacrifice the joy that was set before him for immediate personal gratification. Jesus met Satan's challenge by trusting his Father to do all things in his time and in his way. It's both reassuring and important for us to know that Jesus was tempted. However, he overcame every temptation. And therefore, by emulating his example, we also can overcome every temptation. Because in him we are more than conquerors. In him we live, move, and have our being, and without him we can do absolutely nothing. Sometimes you may feel dirty by being tempted, but temptation is not sin. Giving in to sin, giving in to temptation, to sin, is in itself disobedience to God and sinful. Often we are extremely anxious about the expedient or convenient, so much that we are tempted to sacrifice our values, relationships, our identity in Christ, our strongest personal convictions, and our faith for instant gratification. It reminds me of Esau, who gave up his birthright for a morsel of bread and a bowl of soup. Please don't do that. Because instant gratification is a trap of carnality. It will cost you more than you are willing to give up. It will cost you more than you bargained for. Carnality meaning preoccupation with bodily needs, worldliness, earthly concerns, and material things, which results in gratifying our evil desires and engaging in immoral activities deemed incompatible with our identity in Christ. Satan constantly tries to lure us into the trap of carnality by promising the world of happiness, satisfaction, and fulfillment to us if only we can pay allegiance to him and do his bidding. 
However, instead of giving in, we can follow the example of Jesus in overcoming temptation by avoiding the trap of carnality, putting our trust in God, asking him to give us the strength that we need to overcome every temptation from Satan. We must not give in. We must not compromise. We must not lower the standard. And we must not settle for less because we are worth more than this. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Resist the enemy and submit yourselves to God and he, Satan, will flee from you. So before we read our text, let me give you the setting. Jesus had just been baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. He has just received the Holy Spirit. He has just received an endorsement and divine approval from God the Father, saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. John the Baptist had just pointed to Jesus and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus was ready to embark on his public ministry and launch his journey to the cross, but was driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. There, Satan sought to destroy his ministry, identity, and mission before it even began. Now, Satan also often tempts us when we are just beginning to do something for God. He tries to derail us before we can start doing God's will and purpose for our lives. First, he tries to destroy us through affliction and then persecution and intimidation. And if he can't, he uses subtle deception and temptation to get us to compromise our identity, purpose, and mission. Satan tried to deceive Jesus by twisting scripture and by tempting him to disobey God. We find that story in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. So if you found Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 11, please rise to your feet in honor of the reading of God's word this morning. So, verse 4 to 11, the New International Version says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word, that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. 
Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended to him. May the Lord add a blessing to the public reading of his word this morning. Let's pray together. Eternal God, may you now bless our time in your words. May our minds be alert, our hearts receptive to your word and to the gentle voice and nudging of the spirit. Glorify yourself in our midst because we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. And somebody said amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We all face temptation. But our big idea question this morning is, how can we overcome temptation? So it's not a matter of being tempted because we all get tempted. And if you haven't been tempted yet, you will be tempted. Hang in there. But the question is not about us being tempted. The question is about us overcoming temptation. How in the world can we do that? We can overcome temptation by emulating our master, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was also tempted in three specific ways and yet without sin. He was tempted to prove his divinity by turning stones into bread. Second, he was tempted to test God by casting himself off the temple. And third, to bow down and worship Satan for political power and influence. Which brings us to our first point in our attempt to go deeper, understand this and unpack what the Bible is saying for our benefit. So here's the first point. Satan tempted Jesus to prove his divinity by turning stones to bread against, here's the key, against God's will. Verse 2 to 4 of our text says, And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And that's Jesus. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the son of God, Command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights, being tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. During the entire 40 days, Jesus endured temptation of the devil. So we need to realize that Satan often seeks advantage of our circumstances and tempts us when we are weak and vulnerable, when we are needy, frustrated, and confused, when we are under physical, emotional Stress. For example, when we are lonely, 
tired, weighing big decisions, or faced with uncertainty. He also tempts us with our strengths. When we are more susceptible to pride, when everything is going well and we think we are on top of the world, that's when the devil comes to tempt us with pride. He also wants us to gratify and satisfy the legitimate desires of the flesh in ungodly ways. He also tempts us by casting doubt about God and his word in our minds. You see, God had just declared to Jesus, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well placed. Now Satan says, if you are the son of God, like God said, Satan knew, of course, that Jesus was the son of God. But Satan would challenge and, and challenge Jesus to prove his divinity. And that's where the, the key is. Proving his divinity. And in so doing, meet his own need for food. Here's the kicker. Against the will of God. He said, command these stones to become bread. So, there was nothing wrong with turning stones to bread because Jesus had that power. He's God. Satan was tempting Jesus to do a miracle outside the will of God, outside the will of the Father. Because remember, this was ordained from the very beginning. Jesus replies by quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 to 3. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has laid you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you be hungry and feed you with manna and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Beloved, the word of God is always a powerful antidote to temptation. Jesus knew scripture, but remember, not only did he know scripture, he also obeyed scripture. He lived it out. It's one thing to know scripture, it's another to live that scripture out. The point is not that we should ignore food in this context. Jesus is not teaching a spirituality that overlooks physical needs. Jesus declared that man does not live by bread alone, because bread alone does not sustain life. Ultimately, at the end of the day, God is the one who sustains all life. It is our responsibility, therefore, to obey God and trust him to supply our needs according to his will. Doing the will of God and being obedient to his every word helps us to follow God's desires rather than giving in 
to the devil's desires and temptation. If you give the devil an inch, <laughs> he takes all the inches he wants. If you give him a kilometer, he will take 10, maybe 100, before you realize it. So beware of the devil. He is not what he says he is. He pretends to be an angel of light. He pretends like he has your interest at, at heart, but he wants to deceive you so you can do something you are going to regret. Which brings us to our second point. Satan tempted Jesus to test God by throwing himself down from the temple. Now verse 5 to 7 says, Then the devil took him into the holy city, and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, Throw yourself down, for it's written, He will give his angels charge concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Satan again taunts Jesus by trying to raise doubt about his identity. He says, if you are the son of God, one more time, he tries to get Jesus to prove he is the son of God. Previously, Satan wanted Jesus to stem his hunger by turning stones into bread. This time, he wants Jesus to prove his identity by throwing himself down from the pinnacle or wing of the temple. Jesus had no command from the Lord to do this. So it would have been disobedience to put God to the test. Satan, master of deception, quotes and misapplies the promises of Psalm 91 verse 11 to 12. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands unless you strike your foot against a stone. The temptation here was to misapply a wonderful promise from the word of God. Satan wanted Jesus to gain public attention through spectacle rather than through his righteous, sinless life and through the message of the kingdom. In response, Jesus quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16, which says, You shall not put the Lord your God to a test, as you tested him at Mesa. Jesus simply says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. We must be careful in our application of the promises of God. The temptation is to test God by calling on him for some immediate gratification, immediate miracle in your life. Especially when the world says, where is your God? If you are a child of God, why are you suffering? Why are you going through a hard time? Why are you sick if Jesus God is a healer. If God is a provider, 
then why are you in need today? But don't give in to that temptation. If you know who you are and you know God is God, you got nothing to prove. I don't need it to prove to the devil that God exists, that God is God. I don't need to prove that. But the devil will push you to the very edge so you do something stupid. You're going to regret about. Which brings us to our last point. Satan tempted Jesus to bow down and worship him. To bow down and worship him. At this point, Satan drops his taunting about Jesus being the son of God. However, he does not give up his efforts to cause Jesus to sin. So in verse 8 to 10 of our text, he says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory or their splendor. And he said to him, All these things will I give to you if you bow down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shalt thou serve. Once again, the temptation is to claim instant results without paying the price. In other words, the crown without the cross. Both Satan and Jesus knew that the kingdoms of the world ultimately belong to God and that Christ, his son, would be king of kings and lord of lords. The temptation was to bring this about now. Forget the cross. Forget the suffering. Forget the pain. Take a shortcut. And get it now. Don't wait on God. I can give it to you. Right now. That was a lie from the pit of hell. And Jesus could see through it. Because the plan of God was different. Jesus would fulfill God's plan as a servant before he became the king. The price of immediate gratification would have been idolatry. Jesus responds by quoting scripture again. This time he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 13, which says, You shall fear only the Lord your God, and you shall worship him and swear by his name. Jesus, who was both God and man, would not compromise and bow to Satan. Thank God he didn't. Because in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 the Bible says, our high priest Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, yet he did not sin. His example, therefore, has great meaning and relevance for us. He has walked in our shoes, and we should emulate him. Satan will do his best to tempt us to gain power, influence, and money and other material things through idolatry. He will offer us much if we put him before God. 
But if we put anything before God, it is idolatry. And you know the consequences for that. When we worship idols, we have misplaced our allegiance and our hearts, our minds and our affections, and our will. Even though this may empower us in the short run, the consequences of sin are always dire, unbearable. Let us follow the example of Christ in worshiping God alone. He defeated Satan with consistent, meaningful use and application of scripture in context. That's the key. Apply the promises of God in context. So whatever you do about this message, let's go and do what Jesus did. Let's go and emulate Jesus. Knowing scripture, also leaving scripture out and quoting scripture in context. So in verse 11, I like how it ends. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. Which gives us great assurance that our God will never leave us alone to fight temptation. In the middle of all our trials, temptations, and tests, he is going to be with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us like orphans, but will be with us to the close of the age. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Before I pray, I want you to ask yourself this question. What is God saying to me today? And then pray this question to God. What do you want me to do about what I heard today? Lord, help us to be doers of the word of God, not listeners or hearers only. Help us to go home and leave this out. Please give us the courage to apply this word to our lives so we can grow from one level of grace to the other. Allow us to mature in our lives as we endeavor to follow Jesus. Help us to abide in Christ and bear much fruit. As we go through difficulty, the pruning of the Spirit, as we go through persecution, challenges of life, when we are downcast, going through the valley of the shadow of suffering and of death. Please help us to be aware of the temptations of the devil to cut shortcuts and not to wait on God. Allow us to be patient with you. Allowing the Holy Spirit to do his divine work in and through us to the glory of your great name.
for the reward that God has said before us is enormous. No man has even conceived. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. The blessings and rewards that God has prepared for those who love him and walk in obedience. We do pray now that you may go before each one of us as we part company. Because we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. And somebody in the house said amen. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you. Go in peace. Thank you.